What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the finale recap the finale. of The Bachelorette. Katie Thurston's season has come to a close, and we are here to talk about it, give you our thoughts, and uh, get excited for what's to come after. So I think, uh, Dusty, with that, how do you want to start us off? Fantasy Suites, right? Fantasy Suites. That's what we watched when we began. And yeah, they kind of they, they had they had the Fantasy Suites and the finale Meet the Family AFR all in one episode tonight. Yeah. And yeah. no, full transparency, guys. I wanted to stay home and watch uh the final uh rose tonight. But you know, my roommate, you know, Peter Weber wanted to go out and watch it at a bar. So I Listen, missed a little bit. It was loud. I so we I'm didn't miss. To... We didn't miss anything. All right. I <laughs> okay. I'm gonna preface that because he's making it seem like it's it's not so good. I was thinking. Listen, this is the finale. Let's go out, enjoy this with all of Bachelor Nation, and that's what we did. And we had a great time. We went to the Blue Haven East and had a finale party. Yeah. Shout out to them for giving us. Well, I didn't. You know, giving us free food and drinks. And, yeah. Uh, huge shout yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for Blue Haven. If you guys, if you if you guys are in the city, yeah, we're uh, they do a great great watch party there every Monday. Uh, it's gonna be Tuesdays now for Bachelor in Paradise. So yeah, yeah, it's a good time. If you guys are ever in the city, Blue Haven East, good spot to watch the show, and uh, we'll try to try to meet you guys there if we can. But anyway, so yeah, so they got in with the the uh, fantasy suite episode, or kind of starting off with that. Blake was up. What'd you think? Yeah, and like you said, their, their chemistry this whole season has just been outnumbered by anyone else. You know. You know how to spot out the best chemistry, and they've been consistent. They've had this, that spark since day one. Um, their fantasy suite uh, was really cute, really romantic. Uh, a lot of great words. I will say the creepy thing was that at the very end, um, that was so weird. How they—I I mean, it's nice that they gave each other their fears toward one another about each other, you know. But that like burning of that weird, creepy scarecrow-looking guy—that was creepy. I definitely, yeah, definitely a little different. I thought I kind I liked what it stood for, you know. Just listen when you're in that. I actually really liked what that stood for, and this is why. When you're in that position, you know, I I can only speak from from Katie's perspective. There is so much that you have gone through up until that point. There is, you know, and she she references a lot, uh, you know, later on in the episode talking with people. But you're not just dating one person. And as much as you'd want to be dating one person, it's not possible, right? Because at the end of the day, this is a TV show and that's that, that you wouldn't have a show if that was the case. So you are, even if you internally maybe know where you're at and like where your heart's leaning, a show needs to still be produced. And so with that, it's extremely difficult to navigate that position as a lead because you are trying to do your best to respect everyone's feelings. You're trying to do your best to for sure guard the person that you're probably feeling most strongly for at the end. You're trying to, you're very grateful for the show, for the opportunity to have this opportunity and, and find someone in such a, a magical way. Uh, it's like you're trying to please a lot of different people and it's not easy. And so what that stood for, I, I could appreciate because a lot of shit that you go through, a lot of hard feelings, a lot of hurt feelings and being able to just like be honest and open and let those fears be known to the other person kind of for the first time. 
it's uh it was I don't I don't know it's very honest very true and what it stood for I appreciate it like if something like that would happen maybe in my experience I I would I would have enjoyed it so for the average person I can get maybe a little little odd but uh I, I liked what it stood for well that is a good point that what it stand for is good but the reality of the visual of it was really creepy. It was like a dark moment they were playing like, I don't know, it just seemed creepy to me. Yeah, it was kind of like a Burning Man type type thing. With the- yeah, they get the like very dramatic music and it was just like a dark moment. I don't know. Yeah. Made you believe that there was going to be some kind of forecasting of maybe someone <laughs> wouldn't propose to someone. Maybe they would turn someone down. I don't know. And after that, that I mean, that date re- went really well. He accepted the the finishy sweets card and they spent the night together. No one will ever know what happened. We went down most of the time. That's not true. She she uh she revealed it to you. I think it was Caitlin <laughs> the next morning. <laughs> she she had a good time. She had a good time. We'll leave it at that. We will leave it at that. You know, we're not we're not going to put anybody's performance on blast or anything like that because why would we ever do that? <laughs> it's private. Why would we do that? There, there's said to be still a record that has not been beat yet, but um, I can neither confirm that. nor deny that. And I would like to move on. So moving on, uh, uh, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we moved to, so they, you know, they had a sweet date, you know, the next morning, the, the standard breakfast in bed and, and you're starting to, you know, get all mushy gushy for them and, and, and fall for them together. Um, she she lays it on him. Or no, no, before that at dinner, she lays it on Blake, how she's feeling, how she is falling. She's in love with him. Like she's crazy about him. And at that point, I remember we were at this watch party and everyone's like, well, what the heck are we going to talk? Or what the, what's the show going to do for the next two hours? You know, it's, we're only one hour into a three hour episode. She's already kind of made the call here. It was, uh, it was quick, but you know, I'm super happy for Katie. She had that clarity. She had, she knew exactly what she wanted. And then it kind of seg, it, it transitioned as the viewer kind of transitioned to, okay, what's Blake going to do? Is, is Blake feeling this hundred percent? And obviously, you know. Yeah. And you also got the pressure from her aunt. Her aunt was grilling his ass like an interview for sure. And she was not really letting down on the gas pedal with it. So that really makes you think like that extra pressure that he's got from the family and everyone else, like what's going to happen? Yeah, no, I definitely, I went back and forth. I was like at the beginning of the episode, for sure. It's, it's her and Blake, the whole family, the family. I'm like, I don't know. Is this going to scare Blake off a little bit? Then, you know, obviously he has time to think about it with dramatic fashion. But anyways, before we get too ahead of ourselves, she moves on to, to Justin and has the talk with, uh, you know, with Caitlin and where she's at with Blake. Obviously everyone kind of sees where that conversation is going to with Justin and she does the right thing. She doesn't even let the day begin, has a quick conversation with him, or not quick, but in the very beginning has a conversation and lets him know where her heart's at. And it's something that, again, being in her position, I can respect her so much for being able to do that and tune out everything else that doesn't matter and just be super honest with Justin. And, uh, you know, her delivery was, was exceptional and whatnot, very respectful. And I will say, I... it. <sighs> I feel bad for for Justin because Justin seemed like such a cool dude, but I just wish that he had a bachelorette that felt for him the way he had felt for Katie because I would have loved to have seen a relationship with him in it. I don't know if that, are you following me with that? Like he- 100%. He, he, he seemed like the real deal and it just, it wasn't there with him and Katie and that's just all it was. Yeah, you know, it, I think more times than none, 
The lead probably has an idea of who they want to be with. Unfortunately, someone has to be strong along. You know, they have to be, they have to go part of the ride or there would be no show. You know, no one's, he, I mean, the person that kind of gets dumped. Yeah, Sophie feels the same. Very passionate. I be, I feel like they become like the American sweetheart or the American, um, yeah, like the American sweetheart that everyone's rooting for to find love somewhere. And they, they, they feel and horrible for, and they, yeah, I, I get that. I feel like whatever's going to happen with Justin in the future, he's going to be A-OK. Yeah. I will say, though, and this is truly, I mean this, this is nothing against Justin's character or anything against him. It's just, it was very, it was an odd finale in the fact that it was so one-sided and they're true. In my opinion, there was never any competition. Like there was never any wondering who she was going to pick. I don't think I've ever seen that in recent years. Like, I think I made a comment earlier tonight. It's like the, the date that you saw them going on her and Justin at the end, it could have been that or their first date. I wouldn't have known what the difference was just because you didn't really see too much of that relationship. Again, that could have been editing. We don't know, but uh, just an interesting take again, nothing against Justin. He's an all-star, but uh, moving forward, she lets she breaks up with him, lets him go, and it's the Blake show. So after that, we had I forget it's, it was the long yeah. So, so so then then they go then they, we kind of skipped over it. Then they go Blake goes to meet the family. He meets uh, oh, Katie's mom okay. and aunt, and That's they right. both kind of grill him. They don't give him an easy easy conversation, easy out, which is you know understandable. It's the family wanting the best for Katie. I think Blake handled himself as good as you could handle yourself. You know he got. The, the thing that Blake was facing was, are you, you know, what's up with you now? This is the third bachelorette. You said, I love you to all of them. What's different about Katie? And that's totally understandable. I don't, I don't think that any of the questions were like uh, unwarranted from her family. And I think he, he handled it as good as he could. Um, and I think it kind of ended on, on a good note with the mom, which, you know, probably is the most important one for it to end on. And, and they move forward. So then we see... We see the transition and we see Blake possibly getting cold feet, possibly not knowing if this is what he wants to do with the ring, picking it out with Tasha and Neil Lane's on the FaceTime. How awkward is that to pick a ring up for another woman once the woman that's helping you, right? Tasha, you told her that he loved her. That's got to be so damn weird, dude. That's got to be weird. That's so weird. I mean, even later on in the episode, that, you know, with them at AFR, Tasha across from the two of them, like that's going to be just, I mean, that's never happened before, obviously. That's in the less than of the a show. year. That's less than a year. That was like half a year. Yeah, it was definitely weird with, uh, you know, with Blake and Tasha, just that dynamic. But we move on. We see uh, the dramatic proposal. Is, break, is Blake going to do it or not? And that was... That was one, so that kind of, can. I don't know if anyone else kind of caught it. That kind of confused me a little bit on his proposal because he said kind of towards the end, he's like, I can't give you what you came here for. Yeah. And so I'm thinking that's a no, right? I thought it was a no. I thought he was like, not gonna, yeah. Why not and, just, that was so, so annoying. Like, but, what, but what does that mean though? Like, what is it? Like, why would he, that makes no sense. Anyways, long story short, he proposes, you know, Katie freaks out. It was so cool to see them embrace and have that cool moment with each other right off on the horses. I think that was their first date. Uh, they took the horse back ride earlier on in the season. So it was full circle story coming to you. And uh, yeah, they ride off kind of into the sunset there. And it was, it's what you watch the show for. It's what you hope that, you know, ultimately ends up happening. So all in all, I, I say it's a success, you know? Yeah, it's a success. Um, 
do you think the relationship will last? So this this is where it gets interesting. And and now let's segue to AFR. Um, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you guys. Because why not? I, I don't know if it can last. And this is why. Again, speaking from experience, coming from that position where you have so many hurdles to get over and you have to put that person through so many, so much stuff that's, you know, really not fair. Like in any normal relationship, they would never have to go through that. But obviously, you know, the show is what it is. You sign up for that. You know, it's coming. It's human nature. It's very difficult to kind of like fully, fully move on. So I think right now, you know, I think they'll be good for a while. I do. And and I, listen, I say it's meaning I hope that they, they, you know, live a very long life together and, and they they work out forever. I'm just saying what I think is going to happen. Um, yeah, when, give the honeymoon some time to fade off a little bit. The way that she, and whether it was justified or not, the way that she was triggered by Greg leads me to believe that her feelings for Greg were a little too strong. And that's what may come in and very, very insidiously start a divide later on down the relationship. Let the press period go away. Let all the late night show talks, you know, go away. Let all, let everything kind of die down a little bit and get to normal life. That is what could potentially, I'm just being the devil's advocate with this, but that's what could cause a divide. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I thought she, uh, and I think she was justified in a lot of the things she said to Greg, but I just the emotion, the emotional reaction was a little too strong for me to feel feel super, super confident in their relationship. Yeah, I don't think they, I think, yeah, I don't think she's over Greg. She was, she was just going in on his ass. Like, what did you, what did you think about Greg? What did you think about the whole situation? I thought he made a good point. Honestly, okay, I'm trying to put myself in his situation. If I'm about to marry a girl, get engaged, and I have these concerns, and it's not like I'm giving you an ultimatum, I'm just like, want you to know, like, I want to see, do you love me? Like, why would I want to continue to go on if you don't love me? You don't feel the same way. And I kind of feel like that's what he was trying to get at. You didn't, you, I walked away and you didn't, you didn't want to chase me. You didn't want, and I, I kind of feel that. Like, I, I don't know. I know everyone's mad at Greg and think, he, and, well, to be tr- truthful, I never, I still, last week when we did the recap, we missed the end parts of it. And I never really saw the ending, but, so I, I I watched I I watched it back I I did watch it back after we again for you guys that listened to last week apologize we had lost service just as the uh, episode is airing so we had to watch on Hulu after but um, I see why people were angry with Greg and upset and it, it did come off a little bit dramatic a little bit disingenuous with his breakup with her and then and what Katie was saying AFR kind of summed it up it just seemed like it was like a convenient escape and. Watching, watching it back after, I, I could see why she thought that. Um, but I, I do see, listen, there's two sides of every story. I could see Greg. And yeah, at the end, you don't really care about the format of a show. Like when you're being so truthful with someone and opening up the way he did, you just want to hear how that person feels. And, you know, you want them to kind of chase after you if you give them that, that decision where, all right, I'm walking away. Like, you know, you tell me how you feel. Like I've spilled everything to you. I can't be more honest. If you're not going to say anything, I'm out of this. I can't put myself through this. But then let me say this. What Katie said about love is true. True love, in my opinion, would have fought through that tough time. 
Correct. And you know, no one makes the right decision. This is my thing. I kind of I kind of believe Greg that he was into it just for the simple fact that he he talked about his dad with Katie quite a bit and have that connection with her. And I don't think that's something you would really share and want to talk to someone that you didn't really feel um, a strong connection with, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. I, th- I mean, you can say what he wants. Maybe he took acting classes or whatnot, but for someone to talk about their father, you know, that, you know, that passed away. I, I, don't, I think- don't, I don't think people are trying to make claims. using. I don't think he was trying to like pers- or push an acting career with this. Like, I, I don't yeah. think that at all. I, I really don't. A lot of time, acting classes and improvs are good for uh, business, depending on your job title. I mean, it's good just for everyday life experiences, you know, just kind of maneuver with certain situations. Yeah. I kind of feel them all that, though. I'm not going to lie. I, I feel them. Uh, maybe I do need to go back and watch what happened, though. But, yeah, if someone's not going to tell me they love me, especially at this time, and you've already told someone else, I probably would love to. Honestly, if you love someone else, why am I going to continue to... You're going to tell someone else and not me? It, it, this, this whole game is a weird-ass science experiment that doesn't make sense, and you're never supposed to go through that. No, I see I see where you're saying, Desi. In that moment, you really don't care about the format of the show. You want to hear what that person's feeling, and it was tough. Greg was in a tough situation. Katie was in a tough situation. At the end of the day, this this is a social experiment. No matter how you chalk it up, it just is. So yeah, I get so annoyed when people just have so much hate and fire to someone's reaction or how they um, took on a certain situation. When this is a fucking just science experiment where you. It, every, any kind of reaction you have is honestly valid because this is not a normal circumstance. And I, I don't know. That just kind of triggered me right there because, you know, how how, how are you guys going to get so mad at someone? Because, I mean, you're, this person's literally dating, falling in love with like two to three other people. Like, you're naturally not supposed to be cool with that. No one would be cool with that in real life. And that's all I have to say on that. I don't know. I didn't want to get deep in it, but it's just it's just silly to see how people just think they have the right to treat other yeah, people. Yeah, I think I think just kind of like the theme of that does. Yeah, I agree. It's just, you know, unless you've kind of been in that in, in that situation, which, you know, most people haven't been, it's really not fair to judge people. You can have opinions, sure, but when it gets hateful or, or too passionate, you got to leave that, you know, just leave that be. Uh, it, it's never easy. <laughs> Both Dusty and I have been through it. And we're literally just, you know, speaking from what we've gone through. It's, it's a very unnatural position. So I always like to choose showing grace and forgiveness and lack of judgment in a negative way if I can. So uh, anyways, at the end of the day, Katie found Blake. And it was. It was a romantic, romantic story. It was cool. It was unique. It was different. And I'm super happy for them. And I truly hope that they you know, that they last forever, a lifetime together. So uh, with that, that uh, wraps up Katie's season. We got a nice little sneak peek of Bachelor in Paradise coming. It looks insane AF, but should be pretty fun to uh, to recap. A lot of familiar faces. We hope you guys enjoyed uh, our recaps here of Katie's season. So first time, give us your critiques, what you liked, what you didn't. Uh, but we enjoyed doing it with you and uh, we hope you enjoyed listening.
I gotta ask you something. What's that? So, you you do you really think ghosts are real? <laughs> Dusty, I don't think ghosts are real. All right, I I mean I kind of, I've told you I I legit. I know some people may think this is crazy or there's no way. And, and I totally understand if you've never had an experience, why would you believe? It's kind of hard to have faith in something that you've never seen before. or never experienced, never felt, never had a weird sensation about. So I totally get it. No, you know, no hard feelings there, but no, definitely there is, there is definitely something out there with either, whether it's like an energy or whether it's a spirit, whatever you want to call it. I know there's a lot of different terms uh, but yeah, 100%. I don't know necessarily what that means, what ghosts are, but there's definitely something there. And I've got stories. In my hometown area, I'm from Marion, Illinois, and next door is Carbondale, Illinois. And my girlfriend in high school at the time, I remember with her friends, we go to Carbondale, and there was this insane, insane asylum. I say it right? Insane yeah. asylum. And the cornfields out there, because I'm from the country area, you know? Yeah. And it was old, and it was shut down. So you had to go over this fence and walk down this gravel road, old gravel road. And it was long. It was probably, like, half a mile until you got to, like, the insane asylum. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, yeah, everybody wanted to go there this night. I'm like, forget it. Let's do it. And we're walking up with flashlights, and I'm just getting spooked. I'm a little scary cat, guys. But we walk up to it, and it's this big old hospital of this insane asylum. It's the creepiest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And they want to go inside it. So we go inside it, and I I don't know. I'm, like, shaking. Like, I, I am terrified. This is just a bad idea altogether. Just a mm-hmm. bad idea. I don't know if someone's living here. Like, maybe— it. A psychopath could have been there, ghost or anything. So we're walking in there and we're going up the stairs. And as we're going, there was fresh paint. I don't know if blood paint, but it was red. Mm. And, it, it, <laughs> and it said, you will die. No. And it spooked the shit out. I just took off running. No. Like so fast. So fast. It was You for sure saw it was fresh? It looked because it had the glaze over it. Like it looked like it was like, it, was, it didn't look old. It looked fresh. Um, after that, I've, I've never been to like a real haunted house ever again. Yeah. I did have also, I know you're the storyteller of ghosts. This one time, I had this weird dream and it was like, I was, it felt so real. I was laying in bed in my dream, sleeping. And, uh, you know, like when you're tired and wake up in the middle of the night, you wake up, you open your eyes. You can't really see very well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was someone at the end of my bed. I have something similar to this. This is and keep going. And dark. I, don't, I couldn't see anything. And they literally came to me so fast, like when you see them, like, and was strangling me. And it felt so real. And I could not get them off me. And... I, I woke up in a panic, just like sweating and like breathing hard, like someone had really choked me. It felt so real. It was the scariest thing. That was that was scary. I didn't I didn't go back to sleep that night. I was freaked out. I okay, that's that that is terrifying. I mine is I have a, I so I have a couple stories. I have one that is kind of similar to that, not necessarily being strangled. This was weird. So I had um this and this actually wasn't in Virginia, which is where most of this pretty much every other story. I have had started, but I want to, I want to say I was on a layover in Florida and 
we were down, me and the cabs were downstairs at the restaurant, like in the hotel, getting some dinner. We ended up meeting this girl that was down there and she was like there for work. She ended up like telling some like, I don't know how we got on topic of like ghost stories or whatnot, but like she started telling us some weird stories. Anyways, that's not the point of this story. So later that night, I remember being in the room and I, to this day, I don't, I've never had that happen to me again, but I remember waking up and I for sure, it wasn't a dream. I woke up and my head was, I remember vividly, my head was to the side. Um, You guys can't see me, but my head was like not looking up. It was looking sideways. And like my left ear was, you know, flat parallel to the pillow and my arms are out, my legs are out. And I was completely just like, I couldn't move. It was like I had a million pounds on my body and I couldn't lift up my arms. I couldn't lift up my le- my head, nothing. And it was just like, I was filled with so much fear and I didn't see anything. I didn't know what, what it was. I've had people tell me, oh, that's sleep paralysis or whatnot. Like that sometimes happens. Never has happened to me ever again, but just so weird to have it happen after talking to that that girl. And it was, it was just a weird coincidence. Um, it was absolutely, absolutely terrifying. Another thing in, in, in bed, this did happen in Virginia. This, guys, don't think I'm crazy because I'm not crazy. This is truly just what happened. <laughs> Halloween night, Halloween night, I, I'm probably like six, five or six. And I remember I am scared. So I'm sleeping in, uh, I'm, my dad was out of town. He was on a trip. And my grandmother was in town though. And I was sleeping in between my mom and my grandmother um, in their bed. And I remember I'm in the middle and I have like, we just finished like watching like, I think a scary movie or something. My feet are fully, or my legs are fully extended. And guys, this, again, you're not going to believe this, but it happened. I have the coldest, soggiest hand grab my right foot as all the lights are turned off everyone's like trying to go to sleep, grabs my right foot. And I just immediately just like shoot it up and just start screaming like hilariously, not hilariously. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hysterical, like absolutely terrified. My mom, I go, what? Pa, they call me Pachi's like my nickname. Pachi, get pasta. Like what's going on? What's going on? And I tell them someone just grabbed my foot. Someone just grabbed my foot. And like, they're like, what do you mean someone grabbed your foot? I'm like somebody just grabbed my foot. We look down, obviously turn all the lights on. We look under the bed, look all in the closets or whatnot. Don't find anything. And to this day, I don't, I don't know what it was. I know it was not like me imagining it. It was, tr- it was, it was so cold. It was so, I remember it vividly. My right foot being grabbed. I remember I slept like in a, in a um, cannonball type position the entire, the rest of the night. Cause I didn't want my feet there. And even to this day, even to this day, sometimes like if I'm in a hotel by myself, uh, I have my feet fully <laughs> extended and it, the, the thought comes back into my head and I'm like, what was that? And it never happened again. It was just that one time I wasn't like dreaming. It wasn't imagining it. It was true. If that happens again, let me know because I'm moving the hell out of this. <laughs> We're not living together no more. If that happens again. You um, and all your ghost stories are kind of freaking me out. I have. But, so this one is t- pretty scary. This actually, I wasn't a part of. Um, my mom, she does a really good job of telling it, but I've, I've heard it a couple times now, and so I, I can say it. We, this is in Virginia, and there was a, it was a lot of pilots lived in this, um, this neighborhood uh, for United. Actually, no, this guy, though, flew for American. And I think, so he flew for American. He was also like a reserve pilot uh, f- flying fighter jets. And so I forgot whether it was on a trip for the American or for the reserve. 
but he was out of town and it was just his wife and she had three young kids. They were similar to like me and Jack's age. And my mom gets a call late at night from her friend, this lady, uh, I for- forgot her name, but gets a call from her and says, Barbara, someone's in my house. You, you, like, I don't know what to do. Like, can, can you come here? Like, I'm really scared. I have, it's just me alone with the three kids. Like someone's here. So my mom, my grandmother was at the time with us. She, she lived with us for a while. So she was there as well. And uh, so she watches over, you know, takes care of me and Jack. It's late at night. I think we're probably already sleeping. She goes over to her friend's house and she gets to the house and it's this big, big house. Um, I, I remember it. It was like a big brick house. And there was like three stories, like really, really a lot of stories on it and wooden stairs, a wooden staircase. When she gets there, her friend's like, so, you know, my mom goes upstairs to the room and she's like, someone has been walking up and down the stairs. I've heard boots going up and down the stairs and I don't know what it is, but I swear to you, someone's in this house. And so my mom now is obviously terrified. They end up calling, or I guess they, she had already called because the secure, there was a security guard that is at the front of the neighborhood, which this was like a big neighborhood. It took a while from the gate to get to the houses. It's like in the middle of Virginia, like in like a kind of a, a lake town. And so he gets there shortly after my mom and goes throughout the entire house, is searching every room, flashlight, you know, he's got a gun, everything, just like, just in case. And my mom and the lady are upstairs with the children and like just making sure that they're safe and everything. They search, they find nothing. There's nobody there. And the security guard asked my mom to come downstairs to talk to her. Doesn't ask the lady to come down that owns the house, just my mom. He goes, uh, Mrs. Weber, there's no one in this house. There's just a lot of spirits in this house. And didn't want to scare. He had, he had been, since the neighborhood had been erected, he had been a security guard uh, there since the very beginning. He's like, uh, I've, I can't tell you how many calls I've gotten that are described the exact same way. He recalled telling my mom a story. He'd actually seen a family of three people um, in like old, old style clothing. Like, you know, when like the ladies would like carry the umbrella over them, like the old, mm-hmm. they got all dressed up. He had a story about seeing uh, a, a, a father and a mother and a little kid always, you know, randomly throughout the night, just walking through like the meadows or there was like a big dam um, on one side of the lake. He would see them walking across, you know, on the, on the, the, the shoreline of the lake. And he's like, there's no one in this house. She's got nothing to worry about. There's just a lot of spirits. And she didn't want to scare the, you know, the lady and neither did the security guard, but he, you know, reassured, reassured her that there was no one there. He checked it and my mom ended up leaving and whatnot. But I remember just like thinking like, imagine being in a house and hearing footsteps like that coming up and down. Up I would and move. down. I'm not gonna stay there. Oh hell no! It's terrifying, like absolutely terrifying. I never heard of any stories like of people actually being like hurt or anything, or I don't know if <laughs> you call like possessed Mental- or whatnot. Mentally, but. yeah, I, I'm really intrigued by like the like the exorcism like stories and stuff like that. And what do you what do you think a ghost is? 
if we can hear like, like just say, okay, let's for the sake of this conversation, everyone's on the same page. Ghosts exist. What do you think a ghost is? I think me personally, if there are ghosts, it's some kind of just uh, some type of energy. You know, honestly, we should just honestly get to the bottom of this and we should get a medium. I mean, I'm not opposed. We should we should get to the let's let's because I, I love the movies, you know, like the Sixth Sense, and you know, it's just insane. Like, I don't know. It's so such an unknown world. We should talk to someone that probably does have some experience in it. Yeah, I I don't know. I've trust me, I've thought about it crazy amount, and I don't know really what a ghost would be if it's just if it's uh, whether it's you know someone that's passed on that for whatever reason, doesn't want to fully leave and it's got some type of, I don't know, unfinished business. Do you want business. to meet a ghost? Do you want to meet a ghost? Would you meet I, a ghost? No, I am good. I'm okay. I've had my experiences. <laughs> I don't need any more. You know, I've, I've watched a lot of those like crazy ghost shows where, you know, they go and try to like pick up the energy with the cameras or those like special sensors that can pick up orbs or whatnot. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, I feel like too many people have experienced things to have it not actually exist. Let's, uh, are there, there's going to be some spooky ghost stories or spooky places in New York City. There's got to be. There's got to be. Like, does, do any of our third roommates know of anything? Please let us know. I, 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 I would, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little. Dusty, <laughs> no, I can't picture you at all, at all doing this and like being okay. Uh, Dude, no, we went to, um. We went to that haunted house in uh, in Chicago, and you were absolutely terrified. There's no you way you were terrified. Yeah, but I love it though. Like I love getting scared. I love scary movies. I love you were putting us up front. What are you talking about? <laughs> you didn't even lead the pack. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. I was. That's true. No, it's not. I um, <laughs> that was that was fun. I love a good scary scary house. This or haunted house. houses year round. But yeah, I want to go to. I want to go somewhere. We're going to do some research. We're going to find out where some, like, spooky haunted places are in New York City. Oh, this just reminded me. My mom, we just got to keep bringing my mom on. She's got all the stories. She was living in, she was living in Chicago. This is obviously before, before I was born or anything, with my grandmother. Um, you know, they had immigrated from Cuba. And so they grew up, she grew up in Chicago. I forgot how old she was. I think she said she was, like, I, I don't actually remember exactly how old she was. But... My grandmother, there was something that went on with like, my grandmother, I think, I guess, saw, my, my grandmother had a lot of encounters too, a lot of experiences. And I don't know if maybe my grandmother was like gifted in a way that, you know, like she could feel energy or whatnot. But she, I remember she was telling my mom that she, she kept saying, um, uh, El Rey, El Rey um, Murdió, or I can't pronounce that correctly, but El Rey is gone, El Rey. And my mom, my mom's like, what do you mean El Rey? Rey means, means king in Spanish. She kept like seeing this, uh, this like vision or whatnot. And long story short, again, my mom should be here to tell this story because I'm kind of butchering it. But long story short, like the next day, there was a newspaper article or like on the front page of the newspaper, the king is dead. The king is dead. Elvis had just died. And my grandmother had seen this before. And it was some, I don't know how, I don't know what that means or whatnot, but it was just, it was so spooky. And they had a couple other, I won't even try to go into those stories because I don't know them well enough, but yeah. I know a story. 
It's what I've been told. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, this is kind of creepy. So I was told that I'm, I was actually a prince in the past life. It's, 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 this is really spooky. So this is really weird. So why I, I talked to someone and they... This, I talked to a psychic one time, and that's why I kind of get spooked out with mediums. I don't really know the difference between a medium or a psychic. But I talked to the psychic, and she told me you were a prince in your afterlife. In the afterlife, you you were this great prince. You were loved, but there was someone that did not like you, and you were murdered, and you you were pretty much cut at the neck. And I'm like, what? And the crazy thing is, like, why they're telling me this, and I have a scar. If you guys, ah, (laughs) 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 that's. I knew exactly where you were going with that. I knew. Yeah. I forgot so, how it went. So I'm sorry, guys. That, that actually, I wonder. <laughs> that, red. He said, "Dick." <laughs> <laughs> um, that's oh, a. Uh, that was a that came from yeah, oh, sweet gnomes. My mom, I, I Bertrand, did, but she does it good. She does it good. She does it really I good. I tried to twist it to my own. It was yeah. So funny. Oh man! I don't know. It's in, you did it actually pretty good there. I bet. You, I bet you at least a couple people you just got you, you terrified there. So I think that's good to wrap up. Uh, our producers are mad at us. I just scared the shit out of them. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, uh, we're done. Thank you for hearing our ghost stories. Let us know if you guys have had any stories. I, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, let's hear any that. any experiences. Yeah, let us know. Let us know on Bachelorton City Podcast. Let us know. Tell us, yeah. Send a voice memo. Like, send it in. I want to hear it. Yeah. And try to, you can get Dusty back too and try to scare him. So, <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been great. Very interesting. A little, little different episode here. Uh, but <laughs> everyone loves a good ghost story, right? So. Everyone loves a good ghost story. Boo. Bye. Bye, guys. Bachelors in the City is hosted by me, Peter Weber. And me, Dustin Kendrick. This podcast is produced by Red Rock Music and powered by Acast. Our producer is Red Yoakum and our associate producer is Emma Martins. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Send your voice memos to btc at redrockmusic.com. That's btc at redrockmusic.com for your chance to be featured on the show. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Bachelors in the City Podcasts. See you next week. Thanks for listening and sign up for our membership program to become a honorary third roommate. Join now for $3 per month and enjoy the episodes ad-free. Click the link in the episode description so you can move in.